Claptrap, Episode 3, Baking. So I guess we'll, we'll start it off nice and easy. Uh, Matt, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you are in your career, your life, mindset, and anything else you want to you know, kind of tell us about? Yeah, for sure. So name's Matt Lump from Louisville, Ohio. So same, same town uh, as you guys. So known each other for quite a while now. I mean, probably close to 20 years. I had moved back to Louisville. I'm actually living with my parents. That's kind of unique. And I'm recording in my like spare bedroom. And that's kind of like my makeshift office now. I had been gone. Uh, I shouldn't say gone necessarily. That's probably not the best way of phrasing it. I had, I had lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico for, for four years. And before that, I was in Athens, Ohio. So just working at a couple of different institutions. I was working at OU and then working at University of New Mexico in higher education student affairs. And then took a job in early 2020 back at University of Akron. Nice. Did that that kind of all started with the whole? If I remember, you were an RA back at Akron. We went to school at Akron. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely got the kind of itch and kind of the the insight on student affairs and higher education, and was just fortunate enough to have some mentors and some folks that took some interest in me, and I took an interest in in their career and kind of how they got started and involved. And one of my, one of my interests, like when I was, when I was in school and in high school, I, I had always thought about being a guidance counselor and kind of working in a, in the education setting. And for a little while I thought about being a caseworker or like a social worker. So I, I, I guess I, early on, I kind of knew that I wanted to work with people in some form or fashion and higher education is just kind of the, the best of both worlds where you get to work in the college setting and, just new energy all the time and just vast amounts of people. And, and one of my old jobs, it was like a, a new crop of students every year. So there's some good and bad in that where you have these awesome students that you have amazing relationships with, and then um, you only have them for a finite amount of time and then they go off to do bigger, better things. And then sometimes there's other students that you might not necessarily mesh with well. And you're like, all right, well, well, thankfully this is only a, a finite amount of time and we'll, we'll, we'll make this work and kind of move from there. And, so uh, normally down in Lobo country, they're more known for their, their chili and maybe some cornbread. So how did you get involved into making bread? Yeah, I mean, that's it's really just been a kind of quarantine hobby. I'm sure this has been a, been a unique eight months, nine months, however, however your timeline is for, for folks. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. I lose track of time, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all blur, I guess. But you, I mean, just picking up some new hobbies. I mean, part of it was just, I mean, I'm a big sports fan and pretty much a, a, a nice kind of hobby. Like during the time of just watching March Madness and and uh, baseball and the NBA and all that stuff. So, all night. So are you like, were you started off like preparing stuff for like games to watch or whatever? Like just bread in general? Or was it more like traditional dishes for those those sports games? Uh, no, I mean, I'll be honest, guys, like this is this is a very new hobby. So like this had did not exist prior to prior to March, (laughs) or even if that so 
Well, I'd ha- I'd have to say I've I've seen some of the posts that you you put on like on social media from the things that you've done, and I'm like every single time I'm like, dang, that looks really tasty. Like it it looks definitely like you've been doing it much longer than than what you just stated. So that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. I I appreciate that. I mean, it's like I had always been interested in like cooking. I think that came from just like just family dynamics and just like working around in the kitchen and kind of preparing things in our family or kind of at gatherings and things. And then like working at restaurants and stuff and like odd jobs, I picked up a couple later on in, in kind of my life and things. So that was just kind of unique. So I wouldn't say like I was a, a total novice in some of these areas, but a lot of it is just, just kind of finding some things and finding some recipes. And there have definitely been some failures. I, I guess I just don't, don't document those enough on, on social media, but it's probably not good for your, for your, for your clout. Um, if you just post the things that don't look good, they probably still taste good, but they're probably not as aesthetically pleasing. What's been your worst screw up? Oh, I, I've made some toasted oatmeal cookies and I over toasted them. So they're basically like burnt. So but you're just, you're just out, you're just out oatmeal. So that's not that big of a deal. Uh, I was trying to make caramel before and I kind of burnt that on the pan. I'm trying to think, oh, I had made tortillas or I tried to make tortillas and either I just didn't, didn't let them set properly or just didn't have the, the ratios or kind of the proportions what they needed to be. Or like when I was trying to roll them out, it didn't, didn't get to the, the size I wanted. So, but I mean, it's all food at the end of the day. So I'm not, I'm not unless it unless it's truly on not edible then I'm... so then what's been some of your biggest success then is there anything that came out like dang that's some good eats right there yeah yeah so the 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 redemption arc of the toasted oatmeal cookies has been good i'm i i'm a firm believer that you're probably either a chocolate chip person or you're an oatmeal raisin person maybe there's some, some overlap Ooh, i'm a chocolate chip for sure I mean, I think I always feel like that's such like a like a old person's kind of cookie. Like I, every single time I used to go to my grandma's house, I'd be like, "Well, I got some oatmeal raisin cookies." I'm like, mm, "No, thanks, grandma. <laughs> I'll let you have those. They're yours." I mean, I like both. Yeah, and I and I'm boring enough to to like oatmeal raisin, so so those came out pretty good. So, what kind of bread do you normally make? Do you usually go with like the yeast bread where you gotta do the proofing and all that, or do you try to go more for like a soda bread versus mixing in soda powder and baking powder, things like that? Yeah, so I I haven't really experimented with with soda bread. I know you and I had, had chatted before and you had shared some recipes on on Irish soda bread and things, and I I've pulled some of those because I just haven't circled back and made my way through some of those yet. But a lot of them have been like a quick bread. So that's kind of like your like pumpkin bread, zucchini breads, your banana breads, which I'm a firm believer that banana bread is basically a cake, not really a bread, but we just, we just kid ourselves that it's, that it's a, a breakfast thing. I mean, it's delicious. So, oh yeah, definitely not going to deny that. Here's something interesting. Right before we got on here, I was reading about a, a court case in Ireland where Subway was trying to get out of paying a VAT tax. So they were arguing in court that their sandwiches were not made out of bread. They were uh, a confection because they had so much sugar in the bread. And then the court actually agreed with them. So now they don't have to pay the tax. Yeah, I, I saw that. I thought that was just so crazy that you would you would call it something like that. But yeah, I mean, whatever you're going to do, I guess. But yeah, I mean, for, for me, most of, most of my breads have been yeast breads. A lot of them have been no need breads. So those are, those are easy. And I think that's definitely something that I got turned into 
for our listeners out there, can you just explain what that might mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so no need, no need bread. It's really a bread that you're kind of just dumping a, like all your ingredients in. You want to make sure that you have the right portion either to the recipe or kind of what you have kind of worked with after a while. Like once you once you've made a recipe a couple times, you'll kind of know what you need to tweak based on your baking time or your baking device or other things. But going back, like the the no need breads are really you're just kind of mixing everything until until it's incorporated and making basically like a, a ball. A, a common term is called a shaggy dough. Like you, you really don't know it until you see it, but it's kind of a loose fitting kind of dough. And then you just kind of let it proof. So just put it in a, in a greased or kind of oiled pan or, or bowl and just kind of let that uh, cover with a towel or plastic wrap or something like that. And then um, you'll either let it proof or ferment. Those are kind of interchangeable depending on kind of what you're doing. And you'll either, sometimes they'll say a warm proof or warm ferment. So that's like a sunlight or uh, oven with a light on. Um, or you're doing like a cold proof. So you're doing like a refrigerator. And then it just depends on what you're, what you're looking for and kind of what your cooking time is. So I'm going to assume what you're explaining there kind of goes with what kind of bread you're making. Give us one type of bread that you might use in one one special way or you know vice versa yeah yeah definitely so one of the common recipes that i'll do is like i i started making rye bread so like i'm a like i really enjoy like reuben sandwiches or i think like pastrami sandwiches so and so i made some rye bread and the recipe i have is no deep bread so you're dumping in the rye flour the wheat flour like olive oil salts um, a little bit of sugar caraway seeds that's kind of like the signature like rye bread kind of ingredient um, that you'll see and basically you just mix everything until it's incorporated make that make that dough and then you're letting that sit eight to almost 24 hours in the refrigerator Um, and that refrigerator kind of slows that process in terms of the fermentation and kind of where it's building that gluten and that's where that yeast and that bacteria um, is kind of really incorporating and eating off that sugar from there, then you can kind of roll that out and then um, you'll do kind of another proofing cycle where it's in the pan. Um, and typically I'll do that while I'm heating up my oven and things. For the kind of slower proofing time, or sorry, quicker proofing time, but um, like quicker kind of bread would be like a focaccia. So that's like your like Italian bread that you would dip with like olive oil or salt or um, butter. And some of those recipes, like you just mix everything together and then you just let it proof in the countertop or you proof in that oven with the light on for like an hour or a couple hours or something like that. And then because that proofing time is different and then you're you're adding heat to it, it expands that and it kind of makes that process a little bit quicker as well too. So those are some examples. I was making a pizza the other week and it was the first time I tried to do the uh, the proofing where you just throw it in the oven with the light on. I was like, this is never going to work. That was the best rising dough I have ever had using that method. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, it's part of the reason why I like baking is it's more science than art. Like I think cooking is, is more of an art form. It's technique. You're, you're learning some of the recipes. You need to have the right materials, like, like a good artist, like if they're painting, like they need to make sure that they have um, the right brush or they need to have the right things in front of you. By no way am I saying that I'm an artist, so like I'll definitely backtrack a little bit about that. But but I think baking's like there are some techniques, like if you're like kneading things by hand, or you want to make sure you have the right rolling pin, or some of those other things. 
I definitely agree because like if you don't have the right proportions in baking, it's going to come out way worse than if you're making like chili or something and you're like, oh, I'm going to just half the time I don't even measure throwing in like chili powder or something like that. But if you're doing baking powder or something that needs to be like pretty exact or otherwise it's going to be a disaster. Oh yeah. Like a hundred percent. I was trying to take care of like my diet and kind of like my health. Um, I kind of got out of proportion in terms of some of my weight and things. And I was like, okay, like I need to need to focus on this. So like one of the things that I focused on was like, all right, I should prepack my meals and I should weigh them with a food scale and I should make sure that I should proportion this out. Well, now having that food scale, that's what I use when I'm making my, my bread sometimes or like when I'm cooking because it's just more precise and it's exact. And like having those exact measurements and those exact ingredients can definitely make a more consistent product at the end of the day. But sometimes it's different. I mean, sometimes the, the temperature in the air is different. Sometimes the, the proofing time um, is different as well, too. So that can definitely throw things off. Is there uh, a type of bread that you make for different occasions, like holidays or something like that? Yeah, I had made some focaccia. So that's been something that I've been a, 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 on a kick right now. Um, I just made some the other day where I put everything but the bagel seasoning on it so it's kind of a unique kind of twist on that but like I'll slice off a piece of that toast it up and then make a sandwich but that's also a really good dough and kind of a good starter recipe to make like Detroit style pizza so that's like that square almost like like casserole style pizza um, like grandma style pizza Um, so you add like a simple sauce to that cheese and then whatever other kind of toppings you want on that. So, so I've been doing that as well too. So those are, I think just easy kind of shareable things. I'm trying to figure out like a way to make like pretzel bread or like those pretzel knots and things. I haven't been making a bunch of rolls yet, but that's probably the next kind of thing to kind of play around with. Oh yeah, dude, those are some of my favorite stuff there, man. If you ever figure out how to do that, you need to let us know. I'll be on board. Yeah, definitely. So how difficult is something like this to get into? You said you're not super experienced. So is it just something you would say your average Joe can just pick up right off the bat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely definitely say for sure. I think, I think like I said, you, you want to make sure that you find a recipe that you feel comfortable with. There's a lot of recipes out there that are like four or five ingredients or, or less than. And a lot of it's going to be things that you can find kind of in your typical kitchen or kind of your typical pantry most of the time the ingredients really aren't too too expensive and then if you've got a a, a regular oven or convection oven like you're going to be all set you don't necessarily need to have a bread machine or any of those other things and sometimes some of the stuff that i use like i don't use a stand mixer like a a electric mixer it's just mix it by hand and you're good to go so definitely worth a shot the the other thing i think is interesting when you make it by hand i think because there's no preservatives then the bread doesn't last longer so that's good but then you also in the same side of that coin you you think about, oh, well, well, that bread that I buy from the grocery store and it, it lasts three weeks or two weeks and there's no mold or it's like, all right, that's that's a convenient thing, but it's also not necessarily a good thing. Like you're, you're adding all those other um, preservatives and those those additives that aren't necessarily natural or, or good for for your body potentially. I always wondered about the Twinkie. Don't they say that the Twinkie can like last like over over 50 years or something like that? I've always been like, man, all those preservatives in there. I agree with you. That, that that stuff can't be good for you. And we've been eating it for, you know, a while. I, I try not to eat, you know, packaged foods anymore, but I, I totally agree with you there. I had another question for you. You were talking about recipes and things like that. Are you making like a recipe book that you that you keep now? Or do you have like favorite recipes or how are you keeping track of all this stuff? Is like a, a Matt Lump family secret book now? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a vault. This is gonna be the the thing that I sell off to my my children and grandchildren. <laughs> the family heirloom. Yeah, this is the the treasure chest. I started watching some YouTube videos and channels, and you kind of find people that you YouTube University. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean it's it's the do it yourself where I think I think and that's maybe that's just a generational thing. Like our like our generation is just more inclined to try to find like an expert or somebody that is somewhat knowledgeable. And then from there they can try it and kind of make their own version from there. That's why we had you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to print out stuff and then trying to tweak things or trying to adjust things. And part of the thing that's nice being back with my parents, like they're comfortable in the kitchen as well too. So they'll provide some insight and um, some different ideas on how to do things. And what I, what I want to do though, is I, I want to, try not to just keep printing out papers or trying to make this giant like encyclopedia or this like giant thing of like recipes. Like I want to try to save those onto like an external hard drive or something different. So that's just one is just eco-friendly. And then also two, you can search through it a little bit better that way as well. The holiday season's about about to get started off here. We got Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas soon to follow. Is it, you got any big plans to try something seasonal? I mean, obviously there's things like, like fruit cake and stuff that you bake, like more dessert styled stuff. For for me, I remember like Thanksgiving always having like pumpernickel bread on the on the table, and that always was kind of my favorite as like a like a seasonal holiday kind of bread. You you guys or your family do anything like that? Yeah, we we usually do a cookie exchange, so that's like the first thing. So like that's definitely something that we'll we'll do. I think the pumpkin rolls will probably be a thing, depending on the pumpkin shortage that's going around. There's a pumpkin shortage. Where's the pumpkins? Yeah, so there's yeah. So I was chatting with my dad. Um, he just works in the in the grocery business and things. So we just noticed that. I mean, it, pumpkins one of those things that you don't really think about it until like you need it, or it's like okay, it's November, like it's October one. All right, when are we making the pumpkin rolls, or when are we doing pumpkin pie? And it's the canned pumpkin and like the canned pumpkin, there was a shortage. I want to say it was like a drought or like something like agricultural that, that had thrown off kind of the cycle for like the harvesting and things. I would imagine pumpkin is pretty regional, right? Like you're not like importing a whole bunch of pumpkins into your region, right? I assume like Ohio and that area is producing pumpkins just like anywhere else. I guess I don't know that much about growing seasons of pumpkins though. <laughs> All I know is could 2020 get any worse? We, we finally get to the end and we're about to enjoy some pumpkin pie and then you go to the store. Not the pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're at that shortage now. I mean, it's just just not that quintessential American Thanksgiving without pumpkin pie, I guess. But but yeah, I guess there was a shortage in the there's a delay in like the harvesting and then the canning. And I guess typically the cans of pumpkins that you get are usually a year or two years late. So like that's the pumpkin that you're getting from that can and then you're scooping out for your pie or whatever recipe that you have that's actually from a while ago. So that that's kind of the the things that you don't realize until later on. And, and maybe that's a probably the only food that I know that has such a delayed like harvest to like canning process, but um, or like maybe the, the maturation of, of the pumpkins. But I guess that's just like the flavor development or something. But so do you have like a special apron or anything that you wear for uh, when you're getting your bake on? <laughs> no, no, it's it's usually it's usually like a Friday night. Like I'll put I'll put my stuff together and then I bake it Saturday morning or like Saturday night to Sunday morning or something. Sometimes my my niece and nephew come over. So we'll try to do that and just kind of play around some different recipes and stuff. But 
if it's just me, it's usually I'm listening to some kind of NPR podcast or sports podcast or something just to um, pass the time. But other than that, it's a bro just baking in uh, in the kitchen. Nice. Well, besides making bread now, since you we just got done kind of talking all about that, do you like to do anything else for fun, or do you have any other you know small hobbies I can I can just mention real quick here? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, other than that, like I've mentioned before, I've focusing on my weight and kind of uh, exercise and stuff a couple years ago. So it's just started getting into running and uh, hiking and stuff. So usually we'll go for some long runs or take our dog for a walk and then just trying to read on the side, trying to just spend too much time in front of a screen outside of work just because it just feels like that's all I've been doing lately with, especially with remote work and stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's pretty much the hobbies. I know you're on social media showing some of the stuff. Is there a place would it be okay for people to come find you? Um, yeah. Yeah. So my, um, pretty much I'm just posting things on Instagram. So just Matthew. So M A T T H E W lump L U M P P. So yeah, you can find there. All right. So you hear that guys go out and check out Matt's Instagram and you can see the delightful goods that he has been baking. Commercial break. Uh, just kidding. It's now time for that part of the show where Kyle and I talk about whether or not we would get into the hobby that we just talked about. This week we'll be talking about whether or not we think bread baking is something that we would like to pick up. All right, so what did you uh, think of the whole baking process? Well, I'll tell you what, I love me some bread, like like Oprah once said. So I, I thought it was an awesome show. I think baking bread in general is a, is a great life skill and definitely something that I could see myself getting into. What was your take on it? Well, this is one of the ones where I kind of already have some experience. So similar to Matt, like during this whole COVID lockdown or whatever, this was kind of another activity that I got interested in and started doing. So I ordered James Beards. He's like a famous chef. He's got a bunch of awards and stuff named after him. I got his uh, recipe book for bread and I started making some of those and it's a lot of fun. I like making bread from scratch. Uh, I made a, quite a few pizzas from scratch as well. So I will give this one like a 10 because I am already doing this hobby on the side. I think currently for me, just on the appliances that I have in my kitchen, I don't think I could start it right away, but this is definitely something I think I would get into myself. So I, I would also give it a 10 and definitely think it is a fun activity for family, single people, couples. I don't think it I don't think it really matters, you know, who you are. I guess you got to like bread. <laughs> that would be a, a stipulation to it. Um but but kind of like Matt said, I guess the less in my thinking, I I thought you had to have some of these bread making devices like he kind of mentioned here in the episode, but I guess you you could just use a, a normal conventional oven if you if you have one. That's all you really need. Well, like the bread maker, that's really just for like, it'll knead the dough and stuff for you. But I like doing it by hand because you can get like the feel of the, of the dough. I, f- I feel like that's a better way to go. And and it leads into other things more than just bread too. I mean, bread is also, like you were saying, you made a homemade pizza here last week. That That is probably my favorite thing to do. Like if I could make a homemade pizza and like get all your stuff, all your crust laid out, you know, perfectly get that baked and then throw all your homemade toppings on there pick out whatever you wanted to throw on it to do that that'd be my like perfect scenario i love pizza do you think bread baking would be like a good date night activity do you think that'd be a kind of something to do for that heck yeah i would love to do that as a a date thing i don't know i don't know how women feel about that um 
but me personally, actually take that back. I think women would probably say yes more than men would, but maybe that's just my take on it. But personally, I think that'd be a fun date thing. It can be a little messy, can be a little fun. At the end of the day, you get to eat something that's tasty. Hope, oh, hopefully tasty. <laughs> I guess you could you could screw it up. You and Emily, I n- ever do anything like that? Yeah, we've done cooking. You know, similar kind of things. Definitely, you know, more so around the holidays, kind of cookies and stuff like that. So that's always awesome too. I, I don't know. Do you need? I mean, it is the same thing. The whole principle of, of bread making involves a lot of baking. So I guess anything that's applicable to baked goods kind of falls in the same category as well so i definitely can get on board with the cookies and man if you if you use your mom's cookie recipe tina dehoff's man she makes some good cookies if i remember back in the day so so overall you'd give it a 10 that's good stuff i would give it a 10 all right guys well we thank you for joining in on this episode of claptrap so we'll see you next time yeah thanks and if you have any questions or comments please let us know